Welcome to This Is We, the unofficial but official but unofficial This Is Us after party, after podcast, after conversation, after the fact. My name is Alex Holmes and I am joined by whom? Marquis Davon of the Rational Anger Podcast, where we aim to bridge academia and the hood. We out here. Hi guys, my name is Eden McKenzie. I'm from Don't Let the Stands, which is a music and culture podcast with a marked focus on stand culture. Dope, dope, dope. How have how have you been? We miss you, Toby. We do miss Toby. Exactly. That's what I'm about to say, right? Just like that. So we're missing Toby today. As you can see, we didn't introduce her at the end of my <laughs> Alex is like, so anyway. <laughs> Alex is like, so anyway. <laughs> no, but we're missing Toby today. Um, just because she had to go handle some grown-up stuff. You know, she's the adult out of all of us. Um, and living her best life. So it's just the let's say the big three. Um first there was you, and you know, them vibes there. Um <laughs> Alex is moving wild. I'm not even going to say what he's doing right now, but Alex is moving <laughs> wild. I am actually just living my life. I'm just enjoying my life. Alex okay. has decided to use a Zoom background of Vibes Cartel pointing. Yeah, he's pointing, and... at, Eden. He's pointing at Eden. <laughs> because I know that there's going to be some foolishness that he's going to talk to me about. So Alex is on Chaos today. Um, but we, we, we've got a lot to discuss. So, mm-hmm. And some of us have to watch The Batman. So let's just go straight in. If we can. <laughs> right. Marquise, take it away. Okay. All right. So welcome back. Um, today, we're going to be talking through the episode called Taboo. And we know we love a good Thanksgiving episode of This Is Us. Because as Beth said, someone going to be crying and y'all going to be dramatic. And it's wishful thinking that you thought nothing was going to go down this time. So to start off, what are your quick reviews of this episode? I actually have a question before I start. Yes. So I don't want to go in this assuming. Does does um, Thanksgiving feel to you like Christmas? Or is it a completely different holiday feeling? It's all in the holiday season for me. I prefer Thanksgiving to Christmas. Okay. Um, but it's the same gathering food everybody's gonna be talking some mess holiday spirits we all out here so okay because i'm trying to gauge the feel of being in that environment of like i don't know if it's like a a christmas like um type of thing or if it's just like a a massive family meal a sense essentially like what if the, what is the difference between the two i think <clears throat> this was a very interesting kind of um breakdown of trauma across lineages so like understanding how one form of behavior leads to another form of behavior and kind of leads down we've seen that with you know kevin and jack and alcoholism and jack's father and then kind of you know what's happening with kate and um toby and um baby jack and kind of their expectations and their fears and worries that they kind of project onto that baby I just thought it was a very interesting episode. I just thought it was very, very interesting. Um, and it made me think about my own lineage. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts so far. Mm-hmm. Alexander. Um, I thought it was very good. It was a very good episode. I enjoyed every moment of it. I was on the edge of my seat. I was enthralled, entrapped, engaged inside 
<laughs> the, the show. It was amazing. Um, I loved the fact that we got to see a bit more of the of of the Miguel Rebecca story. Um, I love the fact that that um, Kevin just is still ain't shit. Um, but also, I love that. I love the way that he was kind of leaning into things in this, like you know, present day Kevin was was good. Like past Kevin was just a waste, man. I, mean, I just can't. I can't deal with it. But um, and I really, I really enjoyed the black persons this this episode. They were just like the levity we needed. Um, and um, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much more to say, but we can get through that as we go through the episode, but I really enjoyed the interactions between what we saw through the matrilineal line, um, Kate's mom, Kate's mom, well, Kate's mom's Rebecca, Rebecca's mom, Rebecca, Kate, and mm. then, you know, I, I really enjoyed seeing that. And I have, and I've, I have found an enemy in a, in a character today, so Ooh. it is fine, we'll speak about that soon. Okay, word. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode a lot, and it really showed on dynamics when things are not said, but you know something has shifted, but nobody wants to talk about it. Mm. And so, like, I was enjoying the lack of acknowledgement of change throughout this episode as a theme. So that's where I'll go with that. Beth, thank you for the humor once again. That's we out here. So Let's let's just go in order at the episode then. Let's go chronological. I know you lying, Alex. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm tired of this man. This is why when Alex was talking, you'll probably hear me laughing in the background. But Alex literally keeps changing his background <laughs> to different Jamaicans, and now it's called running for some reason. So I just don't understand. Uh, <laughs> Sanka, Sanka, you're dead. I don't understand. Come on. Oh my nerves. So on that note, let's flash back to, you know, it looks cold in Alex's background. So we're going to go to a cold Thanksgiving hey. as well with Rebecca's childhood. Boom, boom. You saw that transition. Um, so we're seeing Rebecca's mom interact with her in a way that's like, what is this secret? This is a family tradition that we got. But Rebecca's also like as a young girl, there's a parallel we're seeing in terms of how she deals with her weight. And how she sees her mom and a lot of this stuff happened. And so what were your thoughts when you saw young Rebecca and her mom interact with the Thanksgiving meals in preparation? Well, it was just, it was a moment waiting to happen, wasn't it? It was a situation where, you know, I feel like Rebecca's mom was very stuck in her ways with regards mm -hmm. to, actually, that's not a very compassionate way of saying it. Mm -hmm. So Rebecca's mom was kind of, struggling with her own stuff with regards to food and um preparation um what it means to be a woman and her own kind of you know what's been suggested like slightly classist views mm -hmm. when it comes to marriage and love and all of the above and i feel like with regards to the interaction that happened at the dinner table it was just interesting the way that each character kind of walked around the issue so like mm -hmm. Rebecca's dad basically te advising Jack to stay out of basically like what they say on Twitter stay out of women's business yeah, <laughs> he was like he was like choose an easy life why are we yeah. why just drink the drink what do you mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like yo this is <laughs> <laughs> but I think um it was just interesting to see that dynamic because 
it helps us understand how it got to Kate next in terms of the journey when it comes to food anxiety and yeah. um, kind of it, eating emotionally and all of the above. Um, it really helps to really help us understand and a bit, be a bit more compassionate to Rebecca. Cause I think before in the earlier seasons, it was understood that, you know, Kate got her, her eating disorders from um, Rebecca, but now we kind of see what happened before Rebecca as well and where Rebecca gets her own kind of individual um, challenges when it comes to eating as well. So, yeah. I watched that whole scene. So the first, it, was, it opens in like, what is it? The fifties or something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's just some next piece of time. I was like, oh. but I I watched it and I was like, this is some misogynistic BS. Like this is some patriarchal nonsense. She is all doled up to the nines. Who is, listen, I don't know if you've seen anybody kneading dumpling in the kitchen. Yeah, they are not, they are not dressed up. They are in one, one bag of t-shirt, apron yeah. and like, like, elbow is knee deep in the mm. bowl why is this woman wearing pearls well for us it might have looked like that but that exactly pretty, exactly it's normal wild. and I, I understand that that's what i'm saying this is the point i'm like it is normal that it was normal it was an idea she was the she was the picture perfect housewife of the yep. 60s of the time right yep. and we get that so and then for her to deny herself of pleasure was something that was really interesting because now Rebecca's like why aren't you eating like just a human reaction to the food you've cooked you're not eating but we but we must watch ourselves Rebecca because it's that whole thing this is what I'm saying patriarchy it was jarring because like why are you watching yourself because you want your figure to be xyz because you're the picture perfect housewife and it was super interesting to me to see how that kind of passed how that passed down and how that passed through and how Rebecca didn't want that for her child and then, um, but it so happened. This is what, and it so happened. Like this is, I, I'm imagining. You think about, you think about it. There was that scene in a previous season where Randall was imagining a life when Jack was alive and didn't die, right? And um, it had a it had a confident Kate. It had a you know like a, a quite a a grounded Kevin. You know, what I mean, it had a particular energy, but obviously Randall was that pro-black kind of guy. He just distanced from his family because they were white and whatnot. Um, and it just makes me think, like, so obviously that that death then sparked that that emptiness inside Kate. So she, she kind of went found comfort in food as a way of coping. And I understand that. It was just watching that scene, which just felt so like the scene at the very beginning of the show. So when you watch it, but. It, it felt so um it felt so entrapping like mm-hmm. it was like everything had to be perfect everything had to be x y and z and it just felt it just didn't feel good watching it you could see the coldness mm. and the and the performance there um so yeah that was that was very interesting and then you understand why rebecca's mom is the way she is because mm-hmm. she's just a product of that time just be mm. the good be the good wife Yep. Um, go where the husband goes and and that's it and she's fortunate in a sense to have had a daughter yep mm. so it's think, wanna, you know yeah because I thought that was interesting because the fact that the episode started off with the we have to watch ourselves based on like what we eat was very interesting because 
we have to watch ourselves went from not only food, but how you show up for your husband, how you show up for your family and what it means to be a matriarchal family at this point too. And I felt like that was kind of like throughout the entire thing of like, let me tiptoe around feelings. Let me make sure y'all are good. But also seeing the ending in terms of how Rebecca talked to the big three, I thought was also super interesting because I feel like that was like that full circle moment, which we'll get to a little later. But I was thinking about it and I was like, yo, it's interesting how they delicately talked about women's relationship to food and our relationship to food overall. And what does it mean? So when I was watching that scene, I said, hold on, you're doing this all for this man? Offer offer him to maintain this kind of class that you want to like imagine yourself into? But I'm thinking about like how many people deny themselves of regular ass pleasures in order to fit the social mold because I think that's what a lot more of that commentary was. So I like that This Is Us is actually starting to address some of the, a lot of fat phobia, even without directly talking to a diet culture, but what does it mean for a kid versus an adult and weight and all of that stuff. So I thought it was a really, really well done episode in terms of like setting the tone, um, starting off, which makes me, you know, we got, we can go a little forward in Rebecca's journey now too. Now we're with um, angsty Kate and uh, drunky Kevin. Well, let me not say drunky. That seemed rude. Um, Kevin, who is struggling with alcoholism, and then Randall coming back with Beth. But we are also recognizing that this is still right after Kevin got done cheating on Sophie. Sophie yes. Yeah. So that whole scene was interesting because that's the first time we had to witness a change and active decision that Rebecca had with what's his name, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. Some, any man. You He's know, irrelevant. Miguel's adversary. <laughs> <laughs> so what was uh, that like to watch like them have to acknowledge and see again, that unsaid truth between Miguel Rebecca, but also the kids recognizing their kids is moving over. So what was that like yeah. watching that for y'all? Um, I, I feel like, I feel like Randall came in and was like, what is this daydream that everybody's in? Like you are drinking at, at midday. This one has put on weight. Who is this man that our mom is dating? Why is nobody asking the questions that they want that people need to be asking? <laughs> this is exactly what I saw. He's like, he's like, what is going on? Like, and I think that that was that was the kind of reality we needed because it's like what you said last episode, Eden, when he was like, imagine coming into the house and then you've got this person there, this person there, da, 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 da. and um, but Randall having Randall being from the family, he's come in and just like. Why is nothing being said about mm. her weight? Like, and it's not that it's not the fact that she's like big. It's the fact. It's the. It's more of the reason why it's happening. Is the question that Randall is having? I mean, the question of why are you drinking at midday? Like, like he's just like just a reasonable, measurable amount of anything has just not, has just not kind of been kept. And he's like, you're drinking too much and you're eating too much. But I'm here like at uni doing the things that I'm supposed to be doing, you know what I mean? No, like, I'm going to be honest, I watched that and all I thought about was Eden last week when we were talking, he says, I'm walking to the house and be like, what is going on? <laughs> that's, gen- like this? That's, what I'm saying. that's genuinely the feeling that Randall was giving, you know? 
he's just like I I'm I'm dating the love of my life <laughs> and I'm I'm at uni and you know we all grieving <laughs> but like so it's just a quite it's just a thing where I'm just like this is all a bit interesting um just to add on about Matt actually there's nothing to add about Matt <laughs> shouldn't have been there in the first place <laughs> sorry you went to be dating with Miguel I wonder why we don't <laughs> What is it about Matt that makes him boring? Is is that all it is? Bland. Yeah. Open the wine bottle. What's happening? Are we like, doing the thing where we kind of side with the? We look at a like... man that doesn't really present as like super masculine. Oh, and then kind of. No, he just uh, for me. He's Alexander, just... I haven't even asked the question. Bro. Yeah, but I know where you're going. <laughs> okay, what you're going. You're you're driving into the driveway. Now go okay. on, go on. And I'm putting the cone out now because it, you're, you're, you're coming here to do up holistic. No, but I'm just thinking like, for example, his character, he hasn't done anything wrong in particular, but I feel yeah. a certain kind of, like, I, I barely remembered his name. And I kind of question why that is an automatic thing for me. Like why his character is so eh. Like because our subconscious knows that he he's not staying that long. <laughs> yeah, but Madison, Madison was that person at one point, right? For y'all. <laughs> like, and this is what I'm saying. Like, are we doing that thing where we see a man who doesn't act in a very kind of masculine? And when I be what I mean by masculine is stereotypically masculine way, because he doesn't know how to open wine, he's not very confident, he's quite silent. Um he seems like he's quite um, nervous, nervous, mm. and all the above, an, an anxious type of personality, and we just kind of don't engage with him. So I'm just wondering why. No, we're doing no. That. For me, it's more to do with the fact that I don't know you first and foremost. Like I know all these other people. I know, obviously, as Marky said, I know Miguel endures to the end. <laughs> okay, so, and I know that Kate is enduring. Oh, Kate, sorry, Rebecca is enduring to the end, and this whole Matt business. You are a bridge to something else. Mm. Like Maddie, like what's her name again? Madison. Don't, Madison? Do, don't do Madison. No, is it Madison? Is it Madison? It's Madison, isn't it? It is Madison. Yeah, like Madison. Like Madison now. I can get like I can get with Madison because there's been some progression. We see her at Kate's wedding. We see her all up in there. You know what I mean? There's co- everything's copacetic and fine. Copacetic. Copacetic. and fine. Yeah. Everything's copacetic. Everything's fine. Everything's great. So I can get with it. But we don't see Matt anywhere. So who's this man? No, but even like my house. myself, like <laughs> I'm not even just asking you guys. I'm thinking about like from my yeah. perception as well. I remember Marguerite. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> I remember, and I remember her personality. And I remember all but of the above. Me. But yeah. Matt is someone that I just don't. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just kind of like trying to make sure that I kind of keep myself accountable when it comes to seeing different versions of men on the TV screen. Yeah. Um, just, just everyday, but, every, everyday American white man, isn't it? Run of the mill, middle America. Yes, that's that's exactly what it's giving. Divorced. I, <laughs> I guess I just, I don't know. We have to look at what they represent, though. Like, in terms Stability. of... Stability. Pardon me? Stability. Blindness. I guess so. Alex, we're yeah, going like, to fight. To me, I'm like, Matt's gonna, Matt will be the safe bet, just nah, not I'm the sorry. right choice. Me and Alex going to fight. How this are we going to fight? Not, this man will not let me finish points or questions. <laughs> I swear to God, this man is... Alex, we're going to fight. I'm just going to let you know we're going to fight. Anyways. Marquise, what do you so, think about Matt? Because Anyways. we even brought up somebody who was in a fight and points were being finished, you know who couldn't finish getting their answers out? Matt during that game of Taboo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, that was oh yeah, that was something. <laughs> that was something. That was something. I can't lie, that was long. Watching that was like that was, was something else. Long. That dynamic was really interesting because you know, I think we look at Kate and um Kevin as having issues by themselves. Let's say issues, but challenges by themselves. Whereas Randall, we kind of see him as the viewer, forgetting that he, he has his own kind of people pleasing and savior complex that he needs to get over and kind of um, challenge as we don't really see him do until he's in his 50s. Um, and I don't say that as a judgment. That's just kind of the situation. So let's fast forward just to the scene of, you know, when Re Rebecca is in um, bed and Randall's like, I don't know what to say to basically make her feel better. And um, Kate is basically saying, you can't save everyone, Randall. You can't just walk in and fix people or something along those lines. They're all going through things individually. And I think that, that each character plays that role really, really well. I think the dependency on people and food and alcohol is something that we can all kind of investigate or maybe relate to. Um, so I think it's, they did a great job of kind of exploring what happens with those challenges when they're at kind of an infant stage. And then, you know, as it gets to the, the Thanksgiving day, to, um, Thanksgiving dinner much later on, the mature versions of what happens when you grow through those challenges. Um, but I think that the actors that play young Kate, Kevin and Randall are excellent. I, and Kevin in particular is really good at, at expressing certain emotions. Like when Matt walked through the front door, he was staring at the floor and you could just see he was like not comfortable with this man being in his house. Um, so yeah, I thought there was an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because Kevin, like at this point, Kate's witnessing her mom move on. Like, what does it mean for her to start moving on? But Kevin coming back, and that's something I could relate to, is like leaving away to college and coming back and life still goes on for everybody else. So like, we have to acknowledge like that change that happens that we are not privy to every single day. Kate's witnessing this, so I think she's used to Matt at this point, or a little bit more used to him, where Kevin is not. Um, and Kevin, because he, you know, young Kevin made me angry this time, because we got our answer. Toby, we got our answer as to why <laughs> Miguel disappeared for 10 years. That's that, shoot. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that was interesting because he's also threatened by what was. Like, no, my dad was here it's still Jack, it's still this. So for him to go, oh, I was worried about the wrong guy after that game of Taboo, I thought was super interesting because again, we're going through that theme. Nothing is being said. You can just look at it through the eyes and the interactions and the things that are not said is what's speaking volumes. And so he's staring down, he's looking at this dude, but that game of Taboo, you're just like, hold on. Oh, Rebecca and Miguel's been spending this much time together. They know all these stories about each other. They have all these insiders. So their plus ones are already awkward. And then Kevin said, wait, two plus two equals four. If four is Miguel, then that is it. And I was like, uh, I can imagine what that feels like, but also like, how old are they at this time? 18, 19? Because they're in college, right? At 19. Yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of, and because mm, he died what? When they were, I forget that time. I, I think they were just like, what, 16? 16? I think, I think maybe 16, maybe. Yeah. So whatever that time lapse is, I thought it was interesting to see how Kevin handled watching a mom move on 
Um, because I think that would also force Kevin and the kids to also be like, I don't want to forget Jack and I don't want to forget my dad, but also is it selfish of me to expect my mom to be grieving all her life too? And I thought that's interesting how the girls handle, how Kate handled it versus how um, Kevin handled it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kate, what's that? Yeah, Kate was always there. Kate was always there, which, which confused me at the end of this episode. Cause I was like, I was like, what is this? Anyway, we'll get to that. But um, Cause I, I, I looked and I said, excuse me? <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Wait, I what are you guys talking about? Or should we just talk about it now? Yeah. Should we just talk about it now, or are we going in chronological order? Should we just stay chronological? Right, we can jump to it if you want to. No, let's, yeah, let's, let's just stay. Let's stay, stay with it. it. Sure? Yeah, yeah. All right. So basically, the, um, so Rebecca tells the the three of them that what, what she wants with regards to her rights um, as, as a right or what happens as she progresses in her illness and what how you know she doesn't want them to you know stop their life for her and you know just to continue living and Miguel's got power of attorney but um but then she gave the she said should he not be alive or be able to do it it goes to Kate right mm. um and then Kate, then at the end when Kate was like but why me and she was like, well, it would always be, you're my best friend, you're my da 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 And I was like, what? I never got any of that throughout the whole series, the whole six years that we've been watching. This I said, the way Kate was moving? I was like, your best show, friend? As a kid? And this is what I don't understand. Because I was like, okay, so I under, I get that this the whole point of this episode is about the bond, maternal bond with, with your daughters. And... Um, and it was really interesting to see that because I mean she could connect with her mom in a way that say Randall and Kevin couldn't, mm. which I understand and I get. Um, it was just a, it was just kind of saying, "Oh, um, you're my best friend." When there was so much tension between them all up until the beginning of this season, mm. and I just think that that was so like I don't know whether it's the writing or whether we missed something, but I just didn't feel I didn't feel connected with it at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like it could have been more of a thing of, um, oh, you're my daughter and I trust you with my, I trust you with my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, why wouldn't it be? You know what I mean? I get that. But just for me, I'm like, your, your best friend? Uh, I don't know. It just felt a bit strange to me. Okay. I recognise why that would feel quite strange, especially when they haven't shown them have the best interactions at that age. Um, I think I just... I was thinking this earlier with regards to the Pearson family in general and how they don't. <laughs> and, and how they don't. Alex. Okay. Okay. Anyway, for the people that can't see, Alex has changed his picture to popcorn. popcorn Unruly. Now. Anyways, um, what was I saying? Um, Pearson family and how they don't. They don't have any friends. <laughs> so for me this is true when rebecca says that you're my best friend and i think about miguel being the only best friend she had even before jack died which was weird by the way but just thinking about it but like miguel is the only close friend that she had and obviously got in a relationship if anything happens it falls to kate to me that makes a lot of sense because kate is at home and they spend a lot of time together 
Whereas Randall, he didn't really handle the opportunity for care with Rebecca in the healthiest way. And Kevin has his own challenges and I don't believe she can count on him to be there for her. The weakest sibling. The weakest sibling. Um, The weakest sibling. So So she can't... This episode's a mess. Toby, come back. Let me ring ring Toby. I'm sorry. We need Toby back. Toby, if you're listening to this, we need you. Don't ever leave us again because Alex is moving mad. He doesn't have anyone to basically control him. him. I'm not... I am not moving mad. I am moving in line with what the spirit has been given to me. <laughs> Thank you very much and good evening. But anyway, the point I'm making is I'm not, I wasn't so surprised by her saying that. I think best friend is kind of a stretch, mm-hmm. but we there might be further interactions that we see as the show goes on and we understand their relationship a bit more. Um, but the other two certainly were not going to be the option to look after Rebecca um, as a result. It just wouldn't be realistic. And um, I don't think it would be fair to her and her individual needs as well. Whereas I think Kate understands what it's like to kind of be in a position of being stuck at home, um, understands what it's like to be a woman. And um, I think she would handle it the best out of all three of them. So it makes sense to me. I, I agree. Doug, Alex, they're waiting for Kate in the future scenes. And this is that was another point I was going to make. I screamed at the TV. I was like, that's why she's waiting. <laughs> that's why they're yeah. waiting for her to die. They're waiting for her to die so Kate can kind of make the decision. Because Miguel's clearly not there. Yeah, that was another point I was going to make, actually. The mm. fact that Miguel's gone and Kate was the person who was supposed to look after Rebecca. Hopefully that means that Kate is still alive. Because I feel like if she wasn't there, Randall or Kevin would have been scampering about what to do. To like in this situation but the fact that kate isn't there and no one is questioning okay where is like um like the support in a way means that she might still be alive which is good i don't even know really? why we think she's dead i don't even know why we think i never really... i never thought she was dead so i was quite i was, I was quite I confused well I, th- oh. I, th- I think we met we mentioned it a few episodes oh, okay. i might be wrong but i think we did like probably did where is kate and all of the above but yeah okay. no that's a fact um i think but also i think as we lead up to where it's at kate as an adult and um rebecca in the present day are actually having a better relationship in a ways that it took a boiling point for you know rebecca and her mom because you saw when you know when rebecca started eating that joint right out the right out the pan i said rebecca you are breaking down right now <laughs> yeah she was having a, she was she was literally having a meltdown at that table like, oh, i was like <laughs> <laughs> guess you haven't just the distance so long you and she just dashed a pie down on the floor <laughs> on the table <laughs> you know. yes but i thought it was interesting because kate the previous episode had or the episode before had told her mom like yo i love you but yeah you really can't be around our kids by yourself and that's a boundary that i just have to set and i don't think that kevin or randall we've ever witnessed kevin or randall be totally honest with their moms Cause I'm, I'm still be honest. It's hard for young boys to be honest with their moms. Yeah, I don't like hurt my mama's feelings. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's also the reality of the situation too. Is just like we're watching a mother daughter relationship and a mother. Uh, Alex making that face. Mm-hmm. Um, but as anything, having, but yeah. Uh huh. But as we're watching that, it reminded me of just like 
what are the relationships between moms and daughters like mm. and there, a lot of times they can be contentious because again women are shown to compete with each other and there are times where moms compete with their daughters and so i think it's also just interesting in terms of like how they're showing up but how mm. kate also breaks a lot of the norms that um the grandmom really was like a victim of patriarchy so she was like no we got to show up this way this is what it means to be a good wife blah 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 Rebecca wanted to do her music thing, but also make sure that she still wants to impress her mom. And then we go even go down to Kate, where Kate is very like contentious with her mom. Like it's consistently going back and forth and back and forth, which is why that end scene as a best friend read weird. But I can also recognize where how it got to that point mm. because a mother and a daughter's relationship can be very complicated mm. because of what's not said. And sometimes it is much more, I'm gonna go head to head with you because I'm trying to be my own woman, but also wanting to be a woman that you can respect at the same time. Mm. And I think Rebecca was really gentle with Kate a lot of the time. Cause there were moments where they were like, should we be feeding them this? Cause it was a couple of seasons ago, Rebecca was talking about Kate's weight and like bug and da 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 da. But it's interesting now because we even see Kate struggle with it a different way. Well, teenage Kate struggle with it um, in a different way. So I thought like seeing that mother-daughter dynamic of three different generations of three different eras was so fascinating because it also speaks to a larger conversation of a mother-daughter dynamic. This is where I wish Toby was here because I would be so interested to see like mm. what does that look like for her? Because yeah. I'm only a third party when I witness like my mom and my sister or some of my students and their moms. Like mm. some can be best friends and others can just be like, I'm gonna keep my distance. I love you, but <laughs> go over there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I was thinking about a lot in this episode as we were watching the development between mother and daughter. We we're even seeing, uh, well, before it was, <laughs> you know, on the car ride there as we start to transition to the present day um, of everybody arriving to the house. It was funny watching the Black Pearsons <laughs> show up as well because I'm also thinking about Beth and the relationship to her daughters but also her mom. And we see how traumas and habits and messaging can be translated from mother to daughter to granddaughter and mm. different generations like that too and how we internalize them differently. So thinking about just watch out how you're eating or watch out for yourself, whatever she said in the beginning, to me is still raising in these episodes because you don't want to cause tension or set out of a space where you keep nagging Mm. Um, which I saw with Toby in <laughs> this episode. So are we cool to transition into all the Pearsons appearing for the present day Thanksgiving? Could I just have a, 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 a Deja interlude here? Yes. So um, this whole thing with Malik, and I can see there's this little tension happening here, and I'm very intrigued as to how he's going to open his mouth about what Randall said to him and where they're all going to be and what and how that's all going to be scattered. But obviously, coming back to the point of them actually being close in the future, but something's going to happen. And um, just a little, you know, interlude there. Let's Random go back. Have to his best friend for a little bit. <laughs> anyway, let me not, let me not say, well, let me not say, let me not, go on. 
But yes, let's hop to the present day Thanksgiving, okay? Yes. All the Pearsons have arrived. They're all waiting mm. on Randall. Mm-hmm. And it is just awkward. You got Kevin sitting there playing the guitar like, oh, my God, left me for this nerd. And then also we have Randall with this camera acting like the millennial that we all despise. Let me record every single one of these moments. Because Documentation, all, guys. Document. We need to document everything. So <laughs> um, by the time we get to here, we know that it's just going to be the big three. Mm-hmm. Um, but also Rebecca announces that she wants to just talk to the big three alone by the end of the night as well. So we see a couple things going on. Kevin is excited to start showing the scopes um in terms of what the new big three the pearson space will look like um kate is helping her mom in the kitchen and randall is running around with that damn camera getting on everybody's nerves and toby's being rude as hell so who do we want to get to first no we have to speak about toby yeah we have okay and because i i you didn't go Please. Um, <laughs> Alex is stressed, y'all. You don't see his. No, face. I don't know whether Eden should whether Eden should go first and soften the blow before I come in <laughs> and, and and cause chaos. <laughs> no, no, so go what I'll say is Toby looks like he's at breaking point, and he doesn't. He is struggling with how to communicate his emotions effectively, which I think is very human of him but at the same time in the situation with Jack and Kate I find that he's projecting a lot of his own insecurities which is interesting because when we think about the the dynamic of Kate and Toby it was the other way around from what we've seen like Toby was the one who went to the gym lost a lot of weight and Kate was kind of having issues with seeing him lose that weight and, um, you know, started to project some of her own insecurities onto Toby and their relationship as a result, um, which actually reminds me, I had an interesting conversation with someone yesterday, shout out Lydia, and we were just talking about basically um, the toxic approach to losing weight and like gym and working out and wellness and all of the above and um, how the messaging can be quite um, counterproductive to the overall goal, overall overall goal of being healthy, and that's like healthy in like your mental, but also healthy in physically, um, spiritually, and all of the above. And I think you know, whilst we can look at Toby losing weight as a very kind of healthy type of situation, we actually don't know his motivations behind why he decided to do it. And as he kind of talks to Jack, or talks to Kate about you know food being an issue and his genes and all of the above we're starting to see that maybe this weight loss hasn't been for the healthy reason that might've been assumed. It might've been for a reason that um, of shame, pretty much of, of shame and trying to essentially lose the weight, but do it for a reason that doesn't really help him overall and kind of help the approach that comes to losing weight and eating and all of the above. Um, so it's a very complicated situation. I don't, I don't personally like looking at, an isolated situation saying someone is good or bad for the way they interacted with say Jack or Kate there's definitely been a build-up as a result of how Kate has reacted to Toby losing weight what weight means to Kate what weight means to the family 
and um, you know, have, dealing with a child with disabilities as well, and having different battles they're going to have to face later on in life. You know, there is kind of like a level of empathy that's happening, but I don't know if it's a healthy level of empathy. It's 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 almost um, it can be a bit controlling when it comes to um, allowing your son to enjoy a meal, for example. So, I don't know. Toby's going through a lot right now and um, you can start to see the fragments and cracks in their relationship, which we were waiting to see for a very long period of time. But those are my thoughts. You want to put the nails in the coffin after I go, Alex? You want to finish it? Yeah, go on. Period. All right, so boom. Y'all know I've been getting in Toby's ass this entire season. He's getting on my nerves. He's been working my nerves the whole time. Now, last week I said, all right, I can, I can see, I can, I can see how y'all were like, he was, you know, Kevin was going tit for tat, but this episode right here, I said, nah, Toby came in and was just like, so what are you feeding the baby? You feeding him sugar? You doing this? You doing this? Oh, you got to throw this in my face. And he was being annoying. Cause I said, he has to be a Libra because he's being wild, passive aggressive and it's getting on my nerves. So I said, sir, just say what you want to say. It's your wife. It's your son. The genetic comment was dumb to me, too, because I said Kate comes from a traditionally, quote unquote, thin family. So the way genetics work, it could skip a generation, too, if we really want to get into it. I said Kate was an anomaly, but also she, her relationship to food was based out of trauma in order to be comforted. So I was just like, a lot of this was starting to make me mad in terms of what he was saying. So also, I was like, Rebecca's thin. Jack was thin. Her mom was thin. It's just things just kind of fell in how they fell in. So to me, I was like, this is really starting to irk me. But we all, I think it also irks me more because future Jack is not, is like a thinner man anyways. He's a little lanky. So I'm just like, that's also what we see in the future. So to me, there's bits and pieces where I see that Kevin and, and this is the part where I can empathize, Kevin and Toby I think they're getting at each other because they're mirrors of each other right now. There's distance between you and your immediate family. You want to be a father in a very particular way. Kevin is reminding, um, what's his name, Toby, of the fact that there is, you don't know your kids as much and you won't be around for every little piece, but you also need to put trust. And because we witnessed this with Kevin and Madison, put trust in me to make sure that our kids are good. Like, I can raise children. And so it was interesting to see them have to struggle with being a present but distant father. And I think that's been the interesting case because it's been manifesting for both of them in different ways, but it's becoming a lot more combative because Toby doesn't like seeing himself in Kevin because, you know, I think Toby's a little arrogant for his own good and feels like he's better than Kevin. And I'm just like, y'all are essentially one and the same. And it's really annoying to watch, but I can see why this tension is starting to build. So that's my quick hot take because I said, anybody try to disrespect me in my family house like that? I'm throwing a bow. It's Thanksgiving. I'm going to eat whatever I want. <laughs> my favorite holiday. <laughs> Fuck, they got me mad. <laughs> he had me so upset this episode, y'all. <laughs> you made a good point, though, about the um, the whole thing was good. The, some points you made um, made me really think about uh, weight in the Pearson family and how that is again, Toby projecting um, because like you said, most of the people in the Pearson's family are thin. And that's something I didn't really actually take into consideration with my thoughts. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. I yeah. had to cock my head back. I said, what? 
He sounds dumb. Yeah. But trauma, and let me not discourage what he went through as a fat kid. That's his mm-hmm. thing to work through and still to work through. Don't project onto your kids what you think is acceptable of that time. That's it. don't you ever in your life come to my family home wearing the pilgrim hat telling our blind son in a sarcastic tone the history of this hat then to look at my blind son's uncle and say a 41 year old man living in the spare room you're actually out of your mind you've lost your mind (laughs) get your spirit together i'm so glad kevin said take the hat off i'm so glad that everyone looked at him like who is this who is this brother he's he's upset because jack is crying and he can't calm him down and all kate said was did you try narrating to him that's all i'm I'm hearing no all i'm hearing is excuses no that's a different situation no it was not thanksgiving we're talking about it was not it was not a different situation it was toby jarring me this whole episode from the moment his face popped up onto the screen he was on violence he was literally on and he was he had energy he said okay not too much sugar though okay minister of happiness and 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 downness listen let him enjoy the the icing let him enjoy let him enjoy the pie like but you're out here trying to assert this level of control over this. And it, and it was so impactful from what Kate said towards the end of the, the show with regards to, we have both, we are like, you're right. We have both been there. We have both been fat kids. We have both had this particular experience and we have both, um you know, gone through those particular, that, that particular trauma of being, of being big, right? Trust that I am not going to wish that for, my child like you know what i mean and yes they're digs so if you you know if you had been there if you had been there you know you would know that the, the the cereal that i'm buying is whole is is whole grain oh it sounds it tastes sugary to me okay <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the child is alive fam the child is alive it's thanksgiving you're there scraping off the thing is the thing is right i don't know what it's like to have a blind person in my family from such a young age. So I don't know about the sensitivities that this that this baby will be picking up on mm. around him, right? When we saw the flashback when Jack was an adult and he was saying, you know, that there's, like, there's this whole scene that happens with this barbecue grill and it thing, because he can he can hear the the issue. He can't necessarily see the issue. And I was thinking if that if Jack could see at the at like well, how old is he like three or something if he could see that his dad his dad doing particular things with regards to taking things off like pushing things away taking things from him that is stuff that like lingers and hangs with you for the for like for a long time mm. you've got to basically you've got to find the balance and I understand Toby's concerns but address it in a way that is that that is conducive to this to the situation mm-hmm. you know like that whole scene at the tennis table didn't need to happen obviously 
Kate was just annoyed and just was just saying, you're right. And I don't like bringing those kind of conflicts to like, if you're in a relationship and those things. they happen when you're in big families, like I get it, but I don't necessarily like that having to happen. I didn't like Kevin having to get involved mm. from across the room. Um, and I didn't like across the table. I didn't necessarily like that tension. It was not a good feeling to mm. watch that. But and shout out to Beth with the whisper to over to Deja. Um, I yes. swear, every year with this family. Every year. <laughs> Honestly. And it's just like, you've got to think to yourself, like, you've got to think to yourself, sometimes it's it's okay just to kind of have those conversations away from the group, in a sense, you know? And let people enjoy things in that particular space. And I, But again, I understand why these things had to happen. I understand why the conversation was exposed. I understand what the exposition was. But it just felt like Toby is... Toby is on this path of true, truly distancing himself and alienating himself from the family because of, because of the issues that he has with his own. Remember that was there was that issue with his own dad, and we when we when, you know I can't remember that um, what we said about that 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 scene. I think I can't remember whether it was last season. It was last season um, when the dad was coming to fix stuff and he was working at home. But I had in my mind that his dad was going to be this this tough dad who was hard on him growing up but then this dad came and it was just this like happy-go-lucky guy who was just like you know happy to help in any way shape or form you know um well the dad did make comments like he did about, make like snide comments. no it, it was well and it was, i don't think they were snide though from what i remember i cannot remember i'd have to go and look but from what i recall he would be asking questions it's like oh are you taking your medication are you doing okay like you know scared to bring it up but wanting to show some sort of concern in that way but anyway um i think it was just i, I don't know toby is just really grating on me and i think that you're right marquise in that it's that mirror that he's seeing in kevin mm. um and there was in always kevin. yeah you were saying that they mirror they're mirroring they're mirroring each other okay in that kevin is away from his family but mm. toby is away from his family often, but he's missing out on all of the, the little bits and little things that he's, that he's doing. Um, and yeah, I just found Toby mad disrespectful because that's your, that's your wife's brother. Like you're not going to, and it wasn't even like, it wasn't even called for. Mm. It wasn't even called for. It's, it was just every, every time, but and again, but Kevin shouldn't be butted in like that in a way. Yeah. In a sense, you know what I'm saying? Like there's there's so many different ways to look at it, but every time Toby spoke, it was something for me to just roll my eyes at and think to myself. Yeah, but there's Ooh. also part of it too, though. Like I, and maybe that's just because am I the drama? Um, I appreciated the fact that Kevin actually interjected, actually stopped this conversation in the middle of this dinner table. Yeah, no, that I, that I agree. That I agree yeah. with. It's like, that, and it's, I, like it's like take it's like all right simmer it down now i understand that at the dinner table when he yeah, was outside and, and then yeah context wise because we just saw kevin also throw that shot like hey kate actually hates your your airpods like in all the time too i think at this point like that's why i think part of it is toby does not like to hear about himself from somebody like kevin i think toby really truly thinks he's better than kevin in some spaces um so i, I, I don't know i i hear you i hear what you're yeah. saying but I don't, I don't see that personally with Kevin and Toby. 
I see it personally as Kevin in the scene you're talking about the AirPods. Like we discussed that that was a situation where it was a lot of passive aggressive energy and a lot of things unsaid. I don't, I see it as Kevin doesn't like conflict. Um, and every time there is conflict, he tries to lighten the mood. And it happened in this episode at a certain point. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think they were outside somewhere. And Kevin tried to make a joke whilst people were arguing. I can't remember. It was Kate and um, Toby were arguing around yeah. what he was eating. That was the sugar, the sugar on the cereal. Yeah. So or Kevin he was crying to... and he wouldn't have cried that much if he didn't have that much sugar. Yeah. So, oh, no. What happened was Kevin said um, uh, his child likes to be sung to when um, he's Jack. upset. Maybe you should try that. Jack likes to be sung to, not his child. Pardon me? Oh, Jack likes to be sung. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jack. Yeah, exactly. You mean, you, when you say his child, you mean Toby's child? No, no, no. I made the mistake Kevin. of saying hey, his okay. child, but you're right. It was Jack that he was talking about. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if it's necessarily like Toby projecting onto Jack. I think the situation is that um, Toby is just struggling generally with the idea of, you know, trying to juggle being around the family Um and his own insecurities are seeping through. I don't know if it's necessarily uh, a jealousy or kind of, what was the word you used for, for Kevin, Marquis? For his relationship with Kevin in this situation? Oh, I thought he was acting like he was better than Kevin. Like he looked I, to me. And I only said that because he made the, I ain't taking no advice from no 40 some year old man child living on my couch. And to me, I was like, mm. no, no. <laughs> in that moment, oh, someone should have just dashed a sweet potato out of his head. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and it was that that's the that comment that made me feel as if you know like, what? Do you know what? You're ooh. right. You're right. I forgot about that part. You're right. Yeah. What? Which part? The part where he said, I don't want a 40 year old. Yeah, that's something, the point. Something. That's the part I was talking about. That's did, what did, I, you, did you quote that exact? No, 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 no. I don't. I'm, I'm just saying it was the whole dinner table. I didn't quote that. But I'm just saying that's the part I was yeah, I forgot alluding about, to. I forgot about the 40 year old comment in particular mm. because that's very, that is very kind of particular with regards to how he feels about like, Kevin as a person. I was like, oh, 41 yeah. year old man. That's what I said. I said, couch. Clutching my pearls. <laughs> and not the couch, but you know what? But, but the bit where he says, Toby, take off the hat. I was like, whew. <laughs> It was everybody. Because mm. <laughs> like, now you, you've done this sarcastic na narrative to your child and now you've got to take that off. Huh? Shame. <laughs> Foolish man. He really just, he, I just feel like lately he's just really been annoying me, even from the from the end of season five going into this season. Like he used to be one of my favourite characters, but he's just irritating. Mm. And I understand no, why he's, I, 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 I understand why he's irritating to me. I understand what he's gone through. I understand how it's difficult for him at this moment. I understand all of that. But just on just a basic ego level, I just really just think this man is irritating my life. Mm. And I couldn't, I would not stomach him at my table. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> the way Alex would bring like to go like boxes and just okay. place it by his plate. And like to go. It's, it's, it's time. Like Tobias, it's time to go. <laughs> we ain't got time. We ain't got time, man. No, it makes time. me laugh because um, you know when you know someone so well, Alex does this thing where where when it's time to go, <laughs> when, we're at, when we're at a party or a location, and it's time to go, 
Alex will just disappear for a bit and then just reappear in a coat and a hat with his umbrella just tapping the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it's time to go. <laughs> Absolutely. It's either... So, I'm imagining that... if someone was there that he didn't like, Alex would just be in the same situation, except he would be bringing the coat and the umbrella. Uh, <laughs> Alex, I'll be, like, I'll, be like... I'm, I'll be the one. Let me call the Uber by myself. <laughs> Yeah. All right, y'all. I got two minutes before I gotta go, so let me make my rounds as fast as possible. Oh, he's outside. <laughs> I'm not waiting five minutes. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs> yeah, do you know what it is? You know, in Insecure, you know when Derek talk, uh, says, uh, you know, when Lawrence has that bit of a meltdown at the party. I know that my piece has probably seen it. And then wait, Derek, is this the final season? Yeah. No, no, no. I can't. Wait, I can't it's, it's not a spoiler. Oh, okay. Anyway, but anyway, but like Lawrence, Derek is like, can I just come chat to you? Can I just come chat to me for a minute? That's me. Come chat to me for a minute. That's what he should have did. Come chat to me for a minute. And then, and then it. a little crazy right now. Yeah. And then it moves crazy swiftly into Beyonce telling Farah to go get her luggage. Mm. It'll be very quick. It'll be very, it'll be like, okay, so we are no longer entertaining that at the dinner table. But don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah. It was an intense dinner. It was a very intense dinner. And yeah. it, it brought down the mood of the entire thing, but it's it, yeah, it's expected. The Pearsons, like, I'm glad, are. I'm glad that he came to the table with Kate though and had that conversation. But I was also irritated that Rebecca interrupted it. Rebecca interrupted. Yeah, he's like, sorry, Kate, can we have that conversation? That we had to, because uh, basically yeah. they're getting to a point, and I think that's a, and I think that's a, that's a huge point of contention between their relationship, the precedent, like who gets preferential treatment and hierarchies and all this different stuff. And of course, yeah, Rebecca did say, we need to do this, we need to do it now, we need to do it today, and now's the time to do it. You know, no one invited Toby to have his meltdown, but this is what it was. Yeah, and they're having this I, I conversation. Think... And I just feel like I wanted to know how that conversation ended, maybe, you know, I like there to be a, I like there to be a, all right, I hear what you're saying, let's take, we'll, we'll talk about this later. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it to be that, not just a cut scene. And I see you're just there lingering thinking, <laughs> you know? No, nah, that's real. But I think that takes us to the last part of the episode though, too. Like I, I was happy for Rebecca at this moment for finally like just saying what it was that she needed um, from them. But I think it's a daunting conversation that any of us have as we become older of like, all right, now we got to start thinking about what does the end of life year start to look like for parents and like being a lot more um, preemptive with it? Because at least in America, funerals are expensive. Dying is expensive. If you don't got insurance, it's expensive. Like that funeral home will run you dry. And so I thought it was like super, I know it's still reactive, but proactive enough um, for Rebecca to really just be like, yo, we need to have this like intentional conversation around like who's going to be taking care of me what do i need because earlier in the episode remember miguel had asked about like hey what does a guest house look like and kevin was still defensive like you ain't about to have um all these man parties and da 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 at my house wow. and honestly my mind didn't even go to somebody supporting um mm. supporting rebecca my mind was just like oh if his family mm. comes over in the future will they have an opportunity to still be there. And I guess I was wishful thinking because you know him and his family contentious. You didn't have to yeah, that no, face, Alexander. No, it was never that. I was I was thinking your family. You know what, <laughs> this is this is why I was smiling. I was smiling because it reminded me of that caption we put on Instagram, the Pearsons and Miguel. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. I, like your family. Okay. Okay, Miguel. Kevin said please. Okay. <laughs> you barely just made it. 
What do you mean you're 500? No, I honestly thought the guest house was for Miguel. That's what I thought originally. I'm, I'm not even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I, I thought it was for him. I thought then. I thought then. Then I actually thought no. Why would that be for Miguel? So I was thinking, why are you asking that question? But I really I, went I, to. I, I felt bad. <laughs> yeah. So, but I thought it was interesting because I we see Kevin uh, finally officially let his guard down with Miguel because we saw earlier younger Kevin was just like, oh, you're you're the one I got to worry about. Like my dad would be rolling over in his grave right now for him to now mm-hmm. say, oh, do you want to help me build the uh, build out this house and this land mm-hmm. in terms of where the guest house can go? So. What was it like for y'all to watch that conversation between Rebecca and her children? And have you even thought about having that conversation with parents? Um, we don't I have had... to answer that second part if we don't want to. I know that's a little heavy, but oh. we here. Oh, I had yeah. a conversation um, yesterday, actually. So I was talking to someone and we were just basically talking about our parents' generation and you know how our needs change as we get older. Um, with regards to what it means to live in a certain area as a 70 year old and not being near a hospital and how that's the difference between life and death sometimes for people who are aging um, and just kind of general needs um, that aren't met or can't be met depending on where you are in your life I think I've had this conversation with my dad I haven't had it with my mom about kind of what that would look like I think my my dad has always said, like, no matter what happens as I get older, I want to make sure you guys enjoy your life. That's kind of been the thing for him. And just kind of looking at different ways that I think West Indian families, West African families, I think even South Asian families um, interact with um, parents that are aging or let's say elders is usually they come and live in the house with you. Like they're usually in the house. Um, That wasn't my experience growing up. I always had like grandparents who were either in care or um, towards the end of their life just entered care. And um, it's a very hard one because there is that pressure of trying to make sure that, you know, you're doing what's right by the parent, but you also need to make sure you're looking after the rest of the family as well. And that is a decision that you'll have to make depending on so many different circumstances like illness um location finance finances um time if you're time poor you don't want to be in a situation where you're not able to fulfill their needs um it's a very complicated situation but what i will say is um we don't give kevin his flowers sometimes it's because we need to look at maturity like emotional maturity alex's face i thought my face was expressive alex's face is just you're on mute and I'm glad. Anyway. Um, no, my so, face is expressive. Anyway, because anyway. my face yeah, stays, yeah, stays, stays the way. No, because you're rude. Because I would have just anyway. left it. But you actually had to say what you had to say. So I'm going to say that. <laughs> right. Anyway, carry on. So uh, it's like emotional maturity for me because we saw Kevin in the state that he was in. I keep saying that. Where he was at with regards to addressing Miguel, having feelings for Rebecca and essentially sending him away. And now in the future we're kind of seeing this interaction happen about planning what the future of the Pearsons will look like um, and kind of allowing Miguel to play the actual role of being his mother's husband. And I think that's a massive jump in terms of maturity. I will say it's it's not very consistent with, you know, how 
Kevin and Miguel used to interact in like the first season. Like Kevin and Miguel did not get on at all. And they were kind of like slide digs that Kevin would have towards Miguel and all of the above. But there has, from my eyes, been a maturity in Kevin that I've seen lately. There are still some some areas he needs to work on. And I think that's the truth for everyone in the Pearson family um, and people in general as well. But um, we're just going to have to see what happens, man, with regards to how this whole situation plays out. Does Kate show up to the, the house in the end? What does it look like when, Miguel, um, when Rebecca passes? All of those questions will kind of be answered at the end. So I have no idea what to expect. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah, um, just to kind of parrot in some instances what you've said, um, I've definitely thought about that. And I know that I've had some conversations among my cousins and siblings around what that looks like as we grow older. It's very difficult to kind of make that, make have those conversations when you live with them presently um, because you're no, because you're there all the time so they would just remain in that position of parent being there sort of thing um i think it's very different when you live away from home because of the logistics of stuff and how you um kind of go forward in that um i've never had the experience of uh grandparents or elderly parents um um living with family but it's definitely been an option and um, care homes have never been an option in our family. So it's one of those kind of things where it's not something that I would necessarily present um, unless unless there was an actual reason or need for that to happen. Um, so, yeah, so we've not necessarily explicitly had the conversation, but it's something that I do think about a lot because everybody's getting older and we need to recall and remember that we are all getting older and things are changing um times are changing um financial means are changing all mm. this different stuff um are are happening and i have in my mind in my ideal i have you know thought about just having an, an annex or something for when they do get older and they you know a huge a huge um problem especially in the uk i'm not 100 sure about the us but there are the two loneliest generations are gen z and um baby boomers and gen x so they're like very lonely because as soon as you get older anyway when on the on the elderly side as soon as you get older you become useless quote unquote to society so you you don't work you don't reproduce typically you don't do all of these pictures you know you don't do all of these things and they're kind of, they get kind of relegated to like this kind of really you know um, looked down upon community and you know and demographic which i find like abhorrent um so but loneliness is a big thing that kills a lot of elderly people and when they're away from their family it's very difficult for them to kind of continue um, a lot of the time so that's not something that I would want or wish on anyone and if I have the means then I would want to do that so I liked the idea that I liked the way that Rebecca had that conversation with them and she kind of just made it clear why and you know just little things and it was one of those things that she I've never seen her so forthright with her kids like 
you know, they've always known that she's their, she's their mom. She does say things and then, you know, they go and experience life and they come back all wounded and need mending and all this different stuff, some longer than others. But it's like when you've, when you're sitting there and she's like, the only answer I want I need to hear from that is yes, ma'am. That's it. You know, when someone says that, that's it. They just have to just agree and accept. A lot of it was orders and that's just what it had to be because there was no room for any debate, any long conversation, any long talking, any of that stuff. And I feel that that was something that is needed a lot, especially around these things, because the last thing you want is uncertainty and misunderstanding and miscommunication and all of that stuff. Once the party who holds the seat of the family as a matriarch or a patriarch to go, and there is all of this chaos that happens. And that typically happens in a lot of families, especially mm. when, especially as us growing up as younger millennials, we've got um, a lot of grandparents. Um, we've got a lot of grandparents who are dying. I'm ignoring Eden because I'm making a very, very concerted effort to make a very serious point. And he's irritating me. But if you've got us as millennials our grandparents are dying a lot of families are turning into um you know the generation you know gen x is kind of moving into those areas and those positions of matriarchs and patriarchs and it's very hard for them to make that adjustment and that transition because the conversation was not had by the original yep. stoic quote-unquote generation so I liked the fact, and Rebecca's part of that generation in this show. Mm-hmm. She's part of that, gen- that 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 baby boomer generation of like, they have their way, they have their thing, they have their ex, you know, or, or she Gen X. I don't know which one she would be, but um, yeah, it's just super interesting to see that that is a um, yeah, it's just super interesting to see yeah. that that's what she did, and um, and I respect her for it. Yeah, she's baby boomer. The big three are Gen X. And then we go down to Gen Z with Randall's kids. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Because they cut off. Yeah, they're probably um, Zenial. Have you heard of the, the term Zenials? Zenials? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, <laughs> probably, they're probably that, I think, because yeah. it's trying to understand. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Anyway. they were what? In the 80s, they were like 12. Yep. So, yeah, yeah I would say Zenials. Yeah. Wait. Were they not? They're 40. They're 41. 40. They yeah, were born in 1981. 80, yeah, 80, yeah, they're, they're yeah. millennials. They're Zenials. We'd say Zenials. They're early, they're older millennials, I would say. But Zenials. Yeah, they're that weird in between. Yeah. But yeah, no, we... I think there's a just a fear around death and a fear around aging, at least in American culture. I think overall, but I think mostly... Us in Western cultures. Culture, like, yeah, to, Western culture. made to fear death. Yeah, and I would say specifically like american western if we're talking about like the dominant culture there um because like mexico celebrates death mm-hmm. like that's a natural part of life and that they're right yeah. yeah but dia de los muertos is a real thing so that interaction with that culture it's very much so like no this is part of life it's a natural part but i'm going to put my stuff with you with you because i know i come back and see you every year um so i think like when i think about americans i know we don't even like to have that conversation. And me and my siblings joke, we're like, all right, 
mom, which sibling are you going to end up living with when you get older? And I said, my life a little too fast for her. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> but we all joke around, like, keeping a guest room in our house and just, like, all right, when mom starts to get on somebody's nerves, who's taking her next? Like, in a rotation. <laughs> um, so we joke about it, but it's also another conversation I think as we get older we need to have and it's nice right now because our mom has a companion but it's also just like what does this look like if she doesn't have a companion in 10 years One of them and like my mom's only 50 so I'm just like she's still younger mm -hmm. um but it's now getting to that point where it's just like should we start having this conversation now mm -hmm. because things switch up health moves yeah. things sure. happen Mm -hmm. um so at what age is what my question is so even if listeners are talking like what age do you actually start planning out like your parents the will the funeral mm -hmm. arrangements who's next of kin who's doing this all of that stuff because i saw what it did to my uncle and my mom and my aunt when my grandma and grandpa passed away well pop up i don't call him grandpa that was weird um pop up leroy um when they passed away and it was just like, well, who's this going to and who's grabbing this stuff and who's organizing everything? Like get all that stuff out of the way right now because them Johns is expensive. We don't know where money's going, who's getting the assets. Like we really need to be intentional around that stuff. Cause if not, it funerals is where families fight <laughs> and as where siblings fight. So getting ahead of that, I thought was important. So I thought it was even dope of her to be, even more resolute and naming Kate as that person of like, nah, Kate's going to be the one to handle anything and everything uh, moving forward. So yeah, I was intrigued by the conversation. It made me think about like, did I have that conversation with my mom in two years? Mm. <laughs> Getting all my siblings on the same accord. <laughs> I'm not trying though. to avoid that conversation. Yeah. The thing yeah. that I was going to mention is that because she's got a degenerative disease, it's in some ways easier for her to then start to make these decisions because she knows that she's going to not have yeah. that lucidness whereas a lot of people a lot of elderly people just crack on because they usually just, you know they don't know they probably don't have that sort of stuff so unless you're faced with a terminality it's a bit difficult but i think that we do need to get used to having those conversations early making sure that people know who the, who the people are mm. when these things happen so that things can just be deferred to as you go as you go through mm. you know and that just has to be that just has to be the way that just has to be the way and it, it's hard it's challenging but you know death is death is the only constant yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. but i really liked i really liked this episode i liked what happened i liked seeing that um i liked seeing that kevin collected himself and spoke to miguel properly after this and I think and it was nice to watch it was, it was a nice episode I enjoyed it um, I don't want to talk about the end of the show I actually think I'm going to be a mess but we'll see what happens well with the end of This Is Us yeah man I'm going to be a mess I can't lie to you guys okay yeah I'm going to be a mess anyway that episode looks very interesting I have a few comments I feel like are going to pop up so I'm intrigued to see what happens in the next episode mm, absolutely alright well if that's the done that's the yeah that's the case that's done um any final comments about predictions or anything and if not we could just tap dance off this uh this show nothing other than to rate review and share the podcast with people who listen to this is us just let us know let them know that we're here you know we've got a few episodes left until the end of the season we have 10 yeah we have 10 left um so just share it and you know support us in any way that you can 
Um, I'm tired. I'm tired, of Alex. I'm crying. Ref, what do you mean? Anyway, nah, we have ten. <laughs> we have ten. Um, I just... He said, "Just so you know." No, just so, that every, no, so that everybody knows. So it's not just going to be like two or three. We have ten full episodes coming. Straight um, episodes. Ten straight um, episodes. No breaks, apparently. Like. No right, sign out. But yes, thank you for coming back for another episode. I really enjoy any kind of Thanksgiving episode because it means all the actions pop up at one time. Um, and I really enjoy that. But I am your boy, always a Beth Stan. Love me some Madison. I hope Deja gets some airtime in the next two or three weeks. And um, it's Marquise of the Rational Anger Podcast, where we aim to bridge academia and the hood. Oh, this is Eden McKenzie from Don't Let the Stands, a music and culture podcast, the Mark Focus on Stand Culture. Toby, we miss you. Um, we'll see you next week, hopefully. And I've been Alex Holmes. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.